Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number 74. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, Daryl Manchelenko. Well, Mandy, two games last week and two solid wins. Uh, what were your thoughts? Well, it's starting to show, uh, or the Jets are starting to show their their style of play that uh, we fell in love with last year. It's it's developing. It's it's obviously it's not something you can just reproduce after you know a flip of a switch to to get to where they want to be. But um, it's starting to get that way. Uh, Blake Wheeler has been on fire. Um, and he's playing back to, you know, he's getting back to his, his game as well. So that, that only bodes well for, uh, you know, and as the team, as, as Wheeler goes, the team goes, I mean, he, he is, uh, he is the leader on so many, so many levels uh, with this team. It's, it's incredible. So, uh, two wins. We're uh, heading in the right direction. We could, uh, we got another big one against uh, Washington coming up. So, you know, if we can string string a few wins together, we're we'll get ourselves uh, in some, you know, a good good position here going into the end of November when the unofficial uh, end of the season starts. <laughs> you know. <laughs> U.S. Thanksgiving comes pretty quick, so we'll we'll have a sense of what this team looks like and what the other teams around us are, are looking like. Sure, I mean, for people that know don't know, we always uh, mention the U.S. Thanksgiving because that's kind of like the benchmark for teams in the past. I think the number last year was and the year before was somewhere around the eighty percent mark. If you're in the playoff position on U.S. Thanksgiving, generally speaking, eighty percent of the teams stay there. So. Teams uh, kind of shoot for that goal. It's a, it's just, it's a more of a fun thing than anything in reality. But that's right. Yeah, I mean, we're, the record's ten five and one right now. We've let a couple slip away. We've uh, we've stole a couple that we were bad in. So I mean, everything it is what it is. Uh, two more home games before we go out on a road trip. So uh, it'd be nice to get both, but uh, and go out on the road with some, with some with a bit, bit of a cushion. But uh, last night uh, the Jets only had one power play and they never scored on it. And the 11-game uh, streak of scoring a power play every goal, <laughs> sorry, uh, the 11-game streak of uh, scoring a power play goal every game uh, ended, and uh, the Jets were sitting at 34% number one in the league. Uh, the power play, they actually were living on the power play for quite a while there, and we're starting to get some 5-5 five and five scoring now. So, yeah, the, the, offense, uh, the offense looks good, and we always thought it would. Uh, defense is a little scary. Five on five plays a little scary, but uh, now overall, the what do you think? With the the power play has just been wonderful, hasn't it? Well, it's you said it best. I mean, we've been we've been living off of that for the first part of the season, and uh, but that is part of the game, right? Yes, it's, it is. It yeah. is. Uh, it's an important part of the game, and and your special teams have to be. Uh, you know, uh, in the top half in order to have team success, uh, you know, so, so I just can't get over though, how 34%, you know, I mean, those are unheard of numbers, like the number of teams that are, are, uh, you know, in that category is, I mean, there's three teams in the 30% range, and there's a bunch that are, there's another almost half a dozen that are 25 plus. I mean, 
there was a time where if you were at 20, 22%, that was unbelievable. I mean, that's, that was a good power play. So, um, so offense is definitely definitely kicking into high gear here, and uh, and and maybe this is early season, and this will balance out. But I love I love what we're doing, and we're doing it quickly. That's the part. I mean, we had two power play goals um, uh, the other night, and uh, yeah. against Colorado, and I mean, two they were inside ten seconds. I mean, talk about moving the puck around. Well, wow. that's. That was what they were doing. Yeah, the scary thing about the Jets' power play is it's running over 40% at home, and that's got to scare teams coming in here. And I'm sure every team is saying, let's uh, stay out of the penalty box because, uh, you know, if you don't, uh, half the time it's going in the net. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on the play of Josh Morrissey. At, uh, I'll start first on this. <laughs> like, uh, he, he he never ceases to amaze me. His poise, like, he's still a young guy. He's not even at his prime yet. His poise, his puck moving skills, his communication with Jake are very, very good. They 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 play very well together, and now we're starting to starting to see him be a little more assertive offensively. He's he's reminding me now of the defenseman I saw in Prince Albert and Kelowna, and uh, man, uh, I can see why he signed the bridge contract. <laughs> no, he's betting on himself. He wants a big payday, and he's going to get it. He's uh, he's just he's a wonderful defenseman. I just I, I love his play. What are your thoughts? Well, he's he's just getting better and better every game, and you see it. Uh, you see the confidence uh, in his, you know, on the offensive side coming out, and you know, um, he continues to to be a solid defender. And um, you know, frankly, I think he's our best defenseman, and 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 maybe not even close. Uh, you know, certainly Truba and, and Bufflin are right there, but you know, like it's noticeable. How good he's he's become, and you know, there's still, and this may be, this might not be a bad thing, but he's not getting any recognition, uh, you know, to any degree. And I guess that comes from from offense, right? Like, so if he had more more points, uh, people would take notice. But uh, this guy is legit, and he is, uh, you know, he's 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 our number one. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, our good friend Scott Campbell and I. We constantly constantly get into these little Twitter jab contests where we jab each other about uh, uh, Jake and Josh and Buff and that. And I mean, I always tell him that uh, you know Truba's not even the, def- the best defenseman in his pairing from another team. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, but when I do say that, I like you know I'm not joking. I really do believe that uh, that Josh Morrissey is is the is the Jets' best defenseman. And I've always said this, and I, I'll stand by this too. I think Buff's number two. Now, I'm not disparaging Truba, but uh, this is a different team without Buff. What he like, he brings physicality, he brings intimidation, he brings offense. Uh, he hits, he does everything. Uh, and, I, and we've seen, I've seen that from Truba in spurts, but uh, Buff's still the man. He's still the straw that stirs the drink. And uh, but that's a nice top three. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from Truba. But uh, I've uh, like I've gone full full circle on Buff. Like the first four or five years, I couldn't stand him. I just thought he was a, I just thought he was a detriment to the team, and it was like a running running wild. And uh, Paul Maurice has given him some latitude, but he's got him reeled in pretty good. And uh, you know, you, you see the good. You no, know, we always say the good Buff and the bad Buff. Well, we see the good Buff a hell of a lot more than we see the bad Buff now, and he's a he's an impactful player still at his age. Oh, definitely. You know, and there's, 
when he signed the contract, the uh, you know the large extension, you know the the immediate comments start to fly of uh, okay, well let's you know how long is this contract uh, going to be you know going to generate value in terms of performance from Buff and there's no signs of anything uh, you know age related in his game. I you know he still is the the strongest man in 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 hockey and and you know penalties. Uh, uh, are given to him on a regular basis because he is too strong. And, uh, you know, so I think uh, uh, he's, you know, I, I've changed my tune on him as well. And, you know, and it's it's all about, you know, we just want to see good play from him. And and he's certainly delivering in that front. Yeah. Uh, interesting development on the weekend. Uh, once again, uh, the straw man is injured. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov made a glass. He's on, on the shelf for another month or so, it looks like. And, uh, wow, hasn't he been uh, a beauty injury prone? Um, so the Jets recalled Sammy Niku. Um, what do we make of that? Uh, are we going to see him? I know the Jets like to call up guys just to be with the team and practice with the team. But uh, do we see him dress and get, get some ice time? And, and if he does, and I think he will, um, who do we see him paired with? I think you're going to see him paired with uh, Bufflin. I, I, um, and I think we're going to see a lot of him. Uh, and I think he gets inserted. I like, you know, and I, I don't want to sound like this is, you know, uh, this is a no-brainer, and perhaps in some some people's view, and um, and it, but I, I know it's not that easy. You know, he'll come in here and. But once he gets in there, I think he's he's not going anywhere because I think he's a good player and he's going to get he's going to get plenty of ice time beside Buff and I think that's the right spot for him. I I just can't see him going in that third pairing and uh, and I mean Myers is you know I I don't want to have a conversation about Myers because uh, you know we could go on for a long time there but um, <laughs> you know. I just don't see him being the guy to, um, you know, mentor <laughs> Niku through through the season. You know, and, and just just play defense, play solid defense, buffs there, etc. You know, away you go. I was so, just I was just wondering that uh, if they would want to ease him in, because if you play him with Buff, he's going to be playing big minutes, and all of a sudden now he's into the you know top four pairing role, so it could be tough. Well, the the only uh, you know big minutes in the AHL versus big minutes in the NHL are two different things. I get that, uh, but the kids' skills, like they're, I mean, that goal he scored in the A the other uh, last week yeah. was yeah was like off the charts. Like that's that that was awesome. So certainly, I don't expect, and no one should expect that kind of play from him uh, right off the hop, but. You know that's what is you know is let's let's see him do what Josh Morrissey did in terms of his development. Sure. You know maybe maybe Niku's offense is is a little better. I don't know, uh, but at the same time, uh, let him let him get in there and and play with a player that's going to guide him. And I think that's uh, I think that's buff. Oh, I agree. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that Niku Bufflin will be. The number two pairing, and it's going to be the number two pairing for as long as Buff can hang around, and that's nothing but good. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that time. I kind of hope it's sooner than later. 
Um, I would have liked, you know, here's the thing. I would have liked to have seen the Jets ease him in during the homestand. Uh, it's always tough for playing on the road to get different matchups, whatever. But, uh, you know, he got a few games in at the end of last year, and he looked okay. You could see him get caught a few times, and just, you know, and we've seen it in the preseason. But then again, we've seen every defenseman, and I'm talking like Josh very few, <laughs> very rarely, right? But we've seen Truba Buff, we've seen them all make their make their mistakes and their gaffes. So, uh, you know, part of part of development is playing with the big club and taking your lumps for a while until you grow into your role. Uh, the Jets have a good record, and I think we'd be crazy not to take advantage of his skill set sooner than later. So I'm just going to leave it at that, and we're going to move on to uh, Nick Ehlers. He seems to be, I'm not going to say he's heating up because he's only got four goals, but they've all come in the last uh, little bit. And he seems to be very comfortable with uh, Shife and Wheels. He's played there before. And it has, to me, it hasn't impacted the balance on the other lines because uh, Kyle Connors and, and Little and Perot were playing very nicely too. So, uh, you know, our top six look decent. Uh, what do you think about Nick's play? Um, he's quietly gone about his business, which is a good thing. Yeah, because... You know, Ehlers can, you know, when you see him winding up and he makes the big loop in the own zone and starts, you know, it's it's a thing to watch. It's a beautiful thing to see, watch. But in, in, inadvertently, it it turns into a turnover somewhere or, you know, a missed opportunity. So his game seems simpler is the point. And, and I like that. I think, you know, you know I, I've heard it on many occasions guys with all kinds of speed when they come to the NHL have to learn how to actually dial it back and 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 use it when they need it as opposed to showing it off all the time and 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 that's just a maturity process and and I don't, I don't want to go and say he's matured in the last three games and his game is better but his game is simpler and um, and that it it's 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 a perfect fit for what Shifley and and Wheeler bring to the table. Uh, not that Connor wasn't, because Connor Connor's a good fit there too. But um, as it relates to Ehlers' game, he just looks simpler, cleaner, and uh, you know the results are the results are there. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, I think last year he hit uh, was he at twenty nine goals, so he's a thirty goal scorer, had sixty points. Uh, I wonder how much that. Uh, that drought he had and then not scoring in the playoffs affected him because uh, in the Quebec League, in his final year, um, I'm not sure what round they got knocked out in, but he he ended up being the leading scorer. He didn't even go to the finals. And uh, so you know he can, I mean, the Quebec League's a different animal, of course. So you know he's uh, he's been in the heat of uh, playoff battles and you know he can score. So that must have really played on his psyche last year. But... Uh, I mean, you're going to get that with young guys, right? I mean, everything's not going to be roses right off the bat. I mean, you look at Laine, he's uh, he's struggling, but he has eight goals. <laughs> he's got his, his only even strength goal, I believe, is an empty netter. He's got seven power play goals. And uh, uh, with these young guys, uh, you know, they got to find their spot. You know, as they get better, they get more attention, right? It's nice, uh-huh. when, it's nice when you're unknown. And you can go out there and these guys go, who the hell is this guy? Then, you know, so, you know, the coaching's too good in this league and they'll keep an eye on you and they take away your time and space. But uh, I've always loved Nick Ehlers' game. I know at times he, uh, you know, he'll he'll skate around a, a little bit uh, 
little bit too much east-west and not enough north-south, but uh, he is an absolute automatic zone entry guy, and that's why I can't believe he's not on the first unit power play. That's one of the things I love about his games, because there's times, and I always noticed it more so on the road, that the Jets have a hell of a time gaining the zone. At home, their power play, like I say, it's running over 40% plus, and they look uh, very polished. But on the road, it seems like guys are a little afraid of the puck. And Nick is not afraid of the puck. It, it doesn't matter, home or road, he'll take it, he'll wind up, he'll gain that, that zone. So I'd like to see him on the first unit power play a little more. But in saying that, I guess the old saying... It's, it's, that's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. If, it's, you know, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Well, on top of that, yeah. Uh, but you got to... Like on the second line, the power play runs through Nick on yeah. the second line, right? Yeah. Like so that that's his skill set is he's got that ability to control, you know, the power play and quarterback the power play. If he's on the first power play unit, that doesn't fit, right? Yeah, he'd be the um, he'd be the, in the spot where Stastny and Connor, are, you know, the, right at below at the at the net there. But uh, yeah, so yeah, they, they they like him off the half wall because he's a shooter. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, but I just don't like that, you know, they these guys get the, they get the crumbs, right? The 25, 30 seconds on the yeah. second unit. You know, you look at... <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no, uh, there's no uh, second power play unit. They're scoring goals at 10 seconds into the first power play. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Because, you know, the argument always is you'll talk to guys, well, you just had three minutes of power play time. Yeah, well, they had five power plays, and uh, he had the last 30 seconds of them. It's different starting out the power play and being on the ice for that minute, minute 20 seconds, or, you know, as long as it takes to score. So, yeah, whatever. I I mean, I guess his time will come, but uh, whatever. Let's move on, and let's talk about, well, um, the Dustin Bufflin hit on, on Brian Boyle last night. Uh, you know, you know Daryl, I'm so sick of whining about officiating, but you get two big men collide. And I, I watched that replay quite a few times, and I still say it was shoulder on shoulder. They called it a headshot. You know, if they thought it was a headshot, why did they only give them two minutes? It's supposed to be a much bigger penalty than that. But right. these guys, when yep. they see the head snap, automatically they think it's a headshot. It doesn't matter. When you get, when people collide, your head moves. And those are two big dudes. Oh, Brian Boyle's not a small guy. So Buff hits him, two guys jump him. And we come out of it shorthanded. I'm so sick of Gary Bettman's NHL. His referees, like, I, I just don't get it. Buff gets penalized. Like, you know, Brian Boyle's a big boy, so, like, you can't penalize two minutes Buff for being big. I mean, we see that an awful lot. Uh, it's the nature of the beast. Uh, the referees, just they're just not very good. But yet, they're still the best in the world, you know. I mean, I, I harp and bitch about them all the time. But, the, like, the refereeing's getting soft. And, um, yeah, I, I, it always seems, it's always buff. Like, our, our, you know, I watched the game in Philly, and their big guys get to play. You watch games on the road in those American cities, the officials let their big men play. I don't know why Buff can't play. Why can't Buff play his game? I just, I don't get it. I'm so frustrated with the NHL officiating. And you know how much I hate Count Chocula. Um, I always blame Bettman for everything, and I'm blaming him for this, too. Like, he's got to get these guys under control, the... The officiating is just so erratic, and it, it just drives me crazy. I think, I think, uh, yeah, Buff gets a bad rap uh, because he's big and strong, and and you know you see it all the time that you know 
if 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 he if he simply can't play because he's too big and too strong, and you deem him to be un, an unfair competitor in there, then kick him out. Right? As ridiculous as that is, so are the penalties that are called against him. Um, it's it's beyond it's laughable, and uh, you know, like not to mention, you know, as you say, not to mention the scrum that comes out. You'd think that that get would get evened up. You know, like uh, it's it just doesn't work that way. But um, I don't get it. Uh, I don't want to make this about refereeing because there's another topic that we could go on for hours. Yeah. And um, but I do believe that a lot of the the you know a lot of the calls are based on policy as opposed to what they're seeing right then and there. And what I mean by policy is. You know, they're provided directive as to what a penalty is, and and in in the moment they view that as you know, um, the way they got to call it, and they don't use any you know common sense or any type of uh, you know, they don't they don't allow themselves to to make the call based on what they actually see, and they go by you know, and I know that's what a rule is by definition, but. It's not that simple. Yeah, you got to have a feel for the game, right? You got to have a feel, and and the feel for the game is lost with referees, and yeah. and and maybe maybe video review has created that. You know, maybe video video review has created a. It doesn't matter what I do, so I'm just going to call it this way because someone's on you know on a camera is going to go and say that it's something else. So I think referees in all pro sports have become very jaded uh on how they call games because of video review but that's again another topic um so yeah uh, it's bufflin gets uh, a bad rap and you know you can't do like you can't make calls like that and think that it's the right call and it doesn't impact the game in a in a negative way right like bad penalty calls are influencing a game you know and and it's you know in this case it didn't but it well, certainly has in the past yeah you know i'll, I'll cut the referee some slack and just I'll, this is the only <laughs> only slack i'll cut them is that you know things happen fast so i get it but uh i'm gonna move on now because i could we like you say we could talk about these guys all, all day long um paul maurice he you know he puzzles me at times and I don't understand his, uh, he likes to play the Shifley line, he likes to play his top line against the other team's top line. And in theory, I get that. You know, if you have the puck and you're in, the, in their zone, uh, that's the best defense is a good offense. But the problem is, is when the puck gets in our zone, like Shifley, Wheeler, and whomever, that line struggles defensively. They're not very good in the neutral zone at times, and they're not very good in their own end at times. And like I always say, I always reference everything to home versus away. At home, everything seems to be different. You've got a different comfort level. You're in your own barn, uh, blah, 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 blah. But on the road, man, do you ever notice how much they struggle? And I wonder, like, why wouldn't you throw Adam Lowry's line head-to-head with McKinnon when you're playing Colorado? Or throw Adam Lowry head-to-head with Heischer and Hall? Um, I'm not a big fan of... Running out best versus best. I just, uh, you know, unless you're unless unless your top line is like a guy like Bergeron, you know, that's uh, you know like a, a Selkie winner or whatever. What's the, what's the, what's the, the yep. trophy Selkie? Um, yep. I don't understand why you why you'd willingly want to run head to head. 
What do you think? Well, I think... Or is it the, just me, the, you know? <laughs> well, maybe it's a bit of both. Like it's, it's a case of, when you look across the league, how many Bergeron lines are there? Yeah. Like, I mean, that are that excel at both ends of the of the rink that are like that, that score goals on, at will and absolutely prevent them at the other end. And the key, you know, there's not very many players that can do both. You know, it's, it's why there's an award and it's, you know, it's, and there's a reason why guys are winning it in multiple years because, or multiple times because there's very few guys that do what those guys do. So maybe the expectation might be off and that's, uh, you know, or a little bit too high. That said, we do, especially on the road, you know, uh, we do lose that battle. And, and um, if, if, so maybe, maybe Maurice is putting more emphasis. He's not worried about the forward matchup. Let's go best on best. But for him, I think it's important to make sure that Morrissey and Truba are out there in those situations as well. Yeah, so, sure. No, that's a big help. Yeah. You know, so I think that's how he count. I think he realizes that, you know, it's not hard to see that if that line gets stuck in their own zone, it's usually not very pretty. And, you know, they're relying on, uh, and, uh, you know, Fairly or unfairly, uh, they're relying on the defensive uh, matchup more so than than the forward matchup. Yeah, the, it, it, I always find it funny that uh, in hockey you have four lines but only three sets of defensemen. And when you're rolling, you know, when you're rolling six uh, D, it's it's tough sometimes to get those guys out there. You know, because most teams have you know at least two good scoring lines, and uh, you can't spread your defense too thin. But uh, that's why they're they're getting they get on average more minutes than a forward, right? Like so, it's it all goes to that point. But it's it's just a it's an, an odd. I, I agree that the thought process can be a little bit odd, right? But every coach in the league goes through that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so we got two games this week. Another boy, they uh, you know they have a nice schedule. They've had. You know, two games last week, lots of practice. Two games this week, lots of practice, and they go on the road trip. So, um, I would like to see them beat Washington and Buffalo. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think we can s- snag uh, four more points, or we'd be happy with a split and say it's a pretty good homestand? Or what do you figure happens? Well, Washington's always a curious team for us. So, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. you know we uh, we do not have a great. To record against them, I do, I would suggest uh, you know I don't have the stats about, but it just seems like it's a grind for us um, every time we play them, and and it, certainly Washington's uh, you know they're not off to a great start, uh, you know they're seven six and three, so if you look at and they're minus two on the differential for goals four and away, so you know I just don't want I. I just don't want to take that team lightly regardless of their record. You yeah. know, like this is this and then if we can beat uh if we can beat those guys, I think uh you know, and Buffalo's playing better as a whole, you know, they're 9-6 and 2. So I think it's two tough games that we're you know, coming into, but we definitely need well, I'd love to see 3 points. You know, yeah. that's Yeah, for sure. They can see there there's no easy games in this league. It's just like football. 
teams will have bad records and sometimes they get blown out. But there's no easy games. There's these. There's not. There's not a lot to choose, is there? Um, no, no, there isn't. And maybe this will. These two games are going to, you know, be an indicator of, as to whether the teams turned a corner in terms of, you know, their overall five on five and defensive game. Yeah. You know, may if they come out with two wins, you know, what does that say? It says, you know, like they're 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 rolling. Right. Yeah, it means the MTS Center is a house of horrors. Let's uh, wrap up some hockey here and just give a few minutes before we wrap up, talk about uh, the Bomber-Saskatchewan game. Uh, um, I'm glad we got the win. It was a hard, hard-earned win. But, boy, there was red flags popping up all over the place for me. Um, the defense, uh, soft at times. I mean, all they had to do was keep... <coughs> all they had to do was keep Bridge in the pocket, and they, they couldn't contain him. Uh, he ran wild. It was ridiculous. That was uh, the only weapon he has... And they have one receiver, Roosevelt, that they, you know, pay a little bit of attention to him, guys. Come on, for crying out loud, he's their, their only weapon, and he had a pretty good game. And luckily, you know, he didn't hurt us too bad, but the defense had their moments. I thought they made some big plays, but, man, they're soft. And they're playing against a guy with no experience whatsoever, and I would have just put pressure on him, play after play. That game was way too close for my liking. Their special teams were awful and if we don't have a big improvement next week in Calgary this game could get ugly I thought the offense was I thought Andrew Harris was an absolute beast just feed him feed him the ball he's unreal and I thought uh, Matt Nichols did a pretty good time a pretty good time a pretty good job of managing the game but uh, the old line had there's no give us give Saskatchewan credit they have a great defense and they uh, made it tough on Nichols and the boys but the offense got it done and uh but I'm a little fearful. I mean, I don't have a lot of optimism going into Calgary. Um, the only thing we have uh, maybe going for us is maybe Calgary is going to have those, the playoff blues again. But, uh, yeah, that game, uh, the red flags are popping up. They're still on the, on the rug in my living room. They're all laying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought uh, you know, I thought it was a good a good uh, playoff November game for the Bombers. Um, you know, they did have a problem uh, containing uh, bridge. bridge in the pocket. You know, they lost contain on, on, it just seemed on a regular basis. And whether that's a scheme or, or, or otherwise, but, you know, a guy that also I think needs to step up and maybe this Saskatchewan matchup wasn't really great for him, but Dembski missed a quite a few, you know, he missed a few assignments on blocking and, uh, you know, he's a player that, that can be, have such an impact in a game, but you know, he was nowhere to be seen yesterday. Um, so he's a guy that I'm looking forward to, you know, against Calgary of, of making a statement and, and, and then there's really not much to say about Harris other than he continues to be the best player, uh, uh, on our team. And, uh, uh, in my opinion, you know, as good as uh, Big Hill has been all year, uh, you know, I still think um, Harris is our our best player, and um, you know, so they do have to sharpen up against Calgary. You know, there's no two ways about it, and you know, the big win against Calgary late in the season gives the Bombers confidence going in, and I I think Calgary is ripe for the picking. You know, like. When you when you win as much as they do, you do have complacency that sets in on that side too, right? Like you, 
you know, like you can be overconfident, and uh, and I think Calgary's, uh, I think Calgary will be ripe for the picking. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to be overconfident now. They've, uh, they have their demons, and they, they have, they've had a good year, a good team. Has they haven't had their usual great year, but uh, it's going to be all about our defense, and of course the the offense if they can manage the ball and win the turnover battle, but. Uh, I don't know that we can go into this game without Santos Knox on the outside because Ian Wilde is just too slow. He's just awful. Um, and that's where a lot of that contain was broke, you know, last game too. It's not just on the uh, on the defensive line. It's the linebackers too got to contain. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he's a, he's a warrior, but he doesn't have the foot speed. He's too slow. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, op- I'm not optimistic, but yet I am. I, you know, game day I'll be sitting there and, you know, hoping that Richie Hall puts together some kind of great defensive scheme that can uh, get Bo Levi off his game. And, you know, maybe maybe this is the type of game where the offense wins it for us. So uh, my pred- I'll, I'll go prediction first. I think I think the Bombers, uh, I think they're going to lose a game that we, we're going to think you know, when it's all said and done that maybe we could have won. But uh, maybe we're a team of destiny this year. And, uh, you know, maybe Andrew Harry, Harris uh, takes us to the promised land. I, I sure hope so because... Uh, I'd love to see another Grey Cup before I croak. <laughs> I, 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 I've had I've had a lot of disappointing years, and uh, like the young Bomber fans now, uh, they know what <laughs> they don't know nothing but disappointment. I've seen a few Grey Cups, but uh, just not enough for an eight nine team league, right? Well, the the matchup, uh, you know, at quarterback will be an interesting one, right? It's not so much what Nichols has to do to it's what he can't do and that's turn the ball over make you know bad reads and you know we saw the bad part of matt nichols during that losing streak and and so i i think he goes into this game with uh you know if he has the right mindset that mindset is i'm not gonna you know just good sound make the right throws make the right plays and and hand the ball over to harris right like and continue to leverage that and calgary's gonna they're obviously going to key in on Harris. They're they're going to try to limit that. But you know, a guy like Walatarski, who, I mean, that's the perfect pull. You know, like that was a great game on his part, and became a guy that Calgary couldn't stop because they're too busy covering off everybody else. So the Bombers have got some weapons here, and I think if if they play a you know a a, a smart. Uh, a smart game on offense. Uh, I think we're going to come out on top. It'll be a tight game, though. If we're going to win, it's going to be close. If we're going to um, win, it's going to have to be inclement weather. <laughs> well, that's November football, right? That's yeah. playoff football, and that's why it's a crapshoot as to you know forget about what you did during the regular season because it means nothing come playoffs. Yeah. And that couldn't be more true than in CFL football because. Um, the the weather does play play a role, you know, and and it's kind of funny you say that because at the beginning of the game, Brandon Bridge is sitting there with this big jacket at the beginning of the game, and Matt Nichols is just he's got sleeves on, but he's got no jacket on. He's going, it is what it is, not going to be an issue. It almost seemed like Bridge was already in a different mindset in terms of the game. He was nervous. He's uh, he's worrying about everything, right? When when you're not confident going into the game, you worry about everything, yeah, and including the weather, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's strange. weather plays a role. It does for sure. Well, man, we got to wrap her up here. Um, I want to thank you for your time today. We'll uh, we'll talk again next Monday. And uh, for our listeners out there, you know where you can find us. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on uh, we're on almost every podcast uh, 
Anchor FM and Podomatic and that. Uh, you can click on our link on the website. And uh, If you guys have any questions for us, you can send them to us on Twitter at hashtag AskWHPod. Anything for me or me or Daryl, and we'll be, we'll be more than welcome to answer questions. And uh, uh, once again, for listeners out there, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. And I'll see you, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. Bye.